Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Let's get you headed into the weekend with everything you need to know from around St. Louis. This is STL All Local. Our top local story on this Friday, May 19th. Today is a new day that allows us to recommit ourselves to a stronger judicial system. Today, Governor Mike Parson appointed Gabe Gore as the next circuit attorney in the city of St. Louis. Gore says he knows he's got his work cut out for him to rebuild capacity in the office. Mr. Gore, the last circuit attorney had a strained relationship with the police department. What will you do to repair that? Um, as I mentioned, that's certainly one of my highest priorities is to build collaborative relationships, not only with the police department, but with all of the agencies and governments and the, and the, and the people of St. Louis. So uh, I'm going to work hard at that. I view that as something that I need to take leadership on. Uh, it's going to be my highest priority, and it's going to be a lot of meetings and a lot of discussions, and uh, that's how we're going to get it done. This is Kevin Colleen outside the courthouse. Missouri Governor Parson says he picked Gabe Gore out of a field of 18 applicants looking for someone who wants to repair an office he described as plagued with dysfunction. Gore is a Dowd Bennett partner, a former assistant U.S. attorney, a federal prosecutor here, married with children, has lived in the city a long time. He says he will seek to rebuild the staff, which has had a mass exodus under Kim Gardner, and to repair relationships with the police and the community. They need people to trust the office and testify in court cases. St. Louis Police Chief Robert Tracy was on hand to welcome Gore to his new job. For years, police had complained Kim Gardner was not filing charges enough when police brought her cases, and Tracy was asked about Gore saying he wanted to rebuild the relationship with police. I think we have to make sure we, we got a sworn oath to enforce the law and make sure we're bringing proper cases. And that's my job to make sure officers do that. Those was your courage today? Yes, I was. I'm Scott Jagow. What results does Wesley Bell think the city will get from Gore? I think this will be a this will be a good story at the end of the day. I think it'll be a story that that inspires this region and prioritizes the need to come together. Uh, we're too fractured oftentimes. The St. Louis County prosecuting attorney says he looks forward to everyone pulling together during this critical transition. I'm Sean Michael Lyle. Prosecutors from around the region are expressing confidence in Gabe Gore as interim St. Louis Circuit Attorney. The Coalition of Prosecuting Attorneys from St. Louis, St. Charles, Lincoln, Franklin, Jefferson, and Warren Counties issued a statement supporting his experience, leadership, and management skills. The statement adds, We continue to pledge to work together in a collaborative effort to assist Mr. Gore in any manner we can. We believe crime is a regional problem and will require a regional solution. This is Stuart McMillan. Ed Dowd, founding member of Dowd Bennett, Gabriel Gore's law firm, says he was on his team four times in high-profile cases as an assistant U.S. attorney, a member of the Waco investigation, as a partner at Brian Cave and a partner at Dowd Bennett. Founding partner Jim Bennett says Gabe is a natural leader who gets things done, and we couldn't be prouder of his service to St. Louis. In other news, today was to be the end of the Illinois legislative session, but that's not happening. Republican Representative Amy Ellick of Alton is blaming House and Senate Democratic leaders. We still have not seen the budget. We still have not seen several urgent and pressing and important pieces of legislation. Some lawmakers are saying a deeper than predicted drop in state revenues is forcing a serious rework of the budget, which is set to begin July 1st. Sunday is the 113th annual May Day Parade to benefit Annie Malone Children and Family Services. CEO Keisha Lee says it is a parade with a purpose. It helps give uh, the unrestricted dollars that maybe grants and state funding don't cover. So when kids come to 
us and they don't have shoes. We have to get haircuts, help us keep up with maintenance, different things like that. They may need help us uh, with attorneys for some of our parents who are fighting to get their kids back from the system. It, it helps with things like that. The parade starts at 1 p.m. at Market and 20th. It's the kickoff to a big rivalry this weekend. Sporting KC visits for a match against St. Louis City SC. Sporting KC, you may recall, sent a cease and desist to a St. Louis soccer podcast because KC had trademarked the phrase America's soccer capital. So City Chief Experience Officer Matt Seebeck says St. Louis is responding with billboards along I-70. Well, we are America's first soccer city and we've got the receipts to back it up. Missouri Historical Society President Dr. Jody Sowell. I mean, we know that uh, soccer has been played in St. Louis since at least 1875. Both STL and KC are hyping up their fan bases ahead of tomorrow's game. The KMOX Business Desk. A pair of South Korean car manufacturers have settled a nationwide class action lawsuit. Over vehicle thefts, Kia and Hyundai agreed to pay $200 million to owners of about 9 million cars that could be stolen with a USB cable because they lacked anti-theft security that other vehicles have. Owners can get up to $6,100 for out-of-pocket expenses, including the loss of their car. The city of St. Louis filed suit against Kia and Hyundai over the high rate of thefts locally. As the news continues on KMOX, Geo Int, a large conference with 5,000 attendees, is coming back to St. Louis next week. Geo Int is a gathering of professionals from the geospatial technology industry and especially the federal government. The National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, of course, is based in St. Louis. Mapping technology is becoming a part of everything now. So let's bring you part of a Nothing Impossible conversation to air this weekend, previewing the conference with Andy Deering, lead on the local industry group, Geo Futures. Uh, you know, this conference conference or the symposium and, and the foundation, a lot of industry partners and, and commercial organizations matched with a lot of our, our government folks that are, you know, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency being here in town, but lots of, of many um, D.C.-based, uh, you know, DOD and, and intelligence community partners and organizations, as well as even some international organizations and, and support around that. So it's it's really a big deal. We're really excited about it. And, uh, you know, having the, the geospatial leader, uh, you know, region hosting this, it's just a win-win for, for everyone. It sounds like a great opportunity with, uh, you know, a, a, a mapping company head or somebody from a, a mobile company or, you know, all these different uh, different parts of the geospatial ecosystem popping into St. Louis. Uh, might they make a discovery about, uh, you know, the hub of, uh, of professionals and expertise that we have here and the lifestyle and say, you know what, why, why don't we have an office here? We, maybe great, we should yeah, just move to St. Louis. It's a great way to show Louis. off the city, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, our goal, and I would say our goal being Geo Futures, um, you know, which is under Greater St. Louis Inc., is really to create FOMO. And many of these organizations, when they come here, uh, when we've had a chance to bring them here, when they are here at GeoInt, even in 2021, they're like, wow, like we did not realize this much stuff was going on. And really we want to provide that, that buffet of resources that they might be talent or maybe even clear talent. Maybe it's partnership with research and what's going on there, or maybe it's access to just different commercial to or partnerships before. And we bring that all together um, in that, in that startup stand out and stay in, in the system that we're building here. Andy, is this uh, mostly for or exclusively for those who are professionals? They've got, uh, you know, their passes, uh, they're, they're 
planned out their sessions? Or is this maybe also an opportunity for folks who are in St. Louis and thinking, I don't know much about this, but I'd like to. I'd like to maybe get into the, the industry. Like I remember last time, uh, there was a big projection of a T-Rex on the side of the building. And that was something public. Uh, the average person could come by and experience it. Are those, uh, are there those kind of opportunities for somebody to jump in as well? Yeah, for the geo-curious, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. There is, you know, you can get a day pass and kind of come in and experience what's going on there. Uh, or you can, you know, get a, get a full registration pass where you can have access to all of those sorts of things. So there is something for all. And I will say that one thing that um, USGIF, in, in partnership with a lot of our ecosystem partners that we have here, that is done differently is so for example the um st louis development corporation in partnership with greater st louis inc we're able to do six passes to the uh to the symposium for the six neighborhood residents there was a raffle that was drawn and so six of the neighborhoods adjacent to nga the neighborhood uh, residents are able to come in and have a free pass and get access to that and so that's something that we that has not been done before and that's something that, that we offered up and then Secondly, was we have 20 students from Gateway Global, our Zakita Armstrong Asuquos program. They're going to be walking the show floor. They're, they're high schoolers getting to see what a future career looks like, all the emerging technologies, getting to participate and meet decision makers that are part of this community. Again, nothing that has ever been done before and being able to experience that. And we want to continue to do more of that and have more of those opportunities. But really just getting a chance to, to be a part of it, see what's going on, and then, um, you know, uh, meeting people in the profession to understand what it's all about. Well, and Andy, before we let you go, you, uh, speaking of being able to ex- uh, get a lot of opportunities, there is another event coming up after GeoInt, right? Something associated with UMSL? Yes, yes. Uh, actually, uh, you know, highlighting, we want to have a conference. We would like to have a conference every single week, but actually the, um, the American Geographical Society, which is one of the oldest geography organizations in in the United States, uh, founded over 150 years ago in New York City-based, they have an annual conference every year, and it's called Geography 2050. This year, they're bringing a St. Louis edition here focused on the future, you know, different food security and and alternate, you know, that intersection of ag tech and geospatial. And so UMSL, in partnership with the American Geographical Society, are hosting a one-day conference, the, the future of food, the future of cli- how climate works its way in, how geospatial is that underpinning technology, that will, you know, the, the secrets of what's going on and help us make better decisions. They have a great lineup. It's, I think it's published out there. We, we, have, we have the GOTUS that's going to be there, who's the geographer of the United States. Lee Schwartz from the Department of State is going to be one of the headliners of that, as well as many others throughout the day. So and Umzul is going all in with their geospatial collaborative there. Andy Deering, the lead for Geo Futures, getting us ready for Geo Int coming to downtown St. Louis soon. Thank you, Andy. Okay, thank you. As the news continues on KMOX, you might have seen the billboards that say a winning tradition since 07, as in 1907. We're talking about St. Louis City SC and the revved up rivalry with Sporting Kansas City, uh, which, by the way, Kansas City thinks they're America's soccer capital. But Matt Seebeck, chief experience officer at City SC, has something to say about that. Well, we are America's first soccer city, and we've got the receipts to back it up. And, you know, this is a bit of a battleground state now with, um, you know, us, St. Louis, entering Major League Soccer. 
And, um, you know, I think sporting Kansas City, um, you know, we're going to play them two, three times a year. I think has a bit of, a, you know, an inferiority complex going on with us <laughs> entering the league now with a rich history like we do. Um, so while we were building the club in the stadium here in downtown, they registered the trademark America soccer capital which we just think is an overreach of the highest order. Dr. Jody Sowell, the president of the Missouri History Museum, says Kansas City can say what they want, but here's the real history. I mean, we know that uh, soccer has been played in St. Louis since at least 1875. Uh, we had the first professional soccer league, one of the first amateur leagues, one of the first women's leagues. Uh, we have 10 national championships, including the first national champion west of the Mississippi River. Um, we have the most dominant collegiate soccer team ever. We give out the uh, MVP award mm -hmm. for collegiate soccer. Uh, we have an expansion team who had the best opening record of any expansion team in MLS history. That's a lot of history from St. Louis. Yeah. I just, I don't know that Kansas City could possibly match that. And after Kansas City sent that cease and desist letter, things really heated up with the rivalry. It already seems uh, pretty heated, even though they haven't played yet. I, I mean, it is one that we've had circled on the calendar since, you know, the team was announced mm -hmm. over three years ago. And I think the the geographical animosity between the two cities has always been there, whether you're talking, um, you know, the battleground of Mizzou and Columbia or the barbecue cultures of each city, uh, the 1985 World Series series and you know to think we're going to be playing sporting kansas city two three times a year in really what is you know a bit of a, a european style away day where our fans and their fans can travel to one another's stadium mm -hmm. and then sleep in your own bed that night is um you don't get a lot of those geographical rivalries in north america because the cities are so far spread apart and so when the kansas cityans are traveling to st louis uh, tonight or tomorrow they will see multiple billboards along 70 giving them a reminder of st louis soccer history and a punch of what the real soccer city is. Uh, we have seven billboards along I-70 um, that rattle off some of the, the facts that, that Jody spouted today. So it's a bit of a 74-mile a, a exhibition where mm. we've got the billboards up. There's a podcast you can listen to along the way with um, Pete Wood on our team and, and, and Dr. Jody that goes through the history of, of St. Louis as America's first soccer city. And uh, Matt Seebeck of St. Louis City SC, the chief experience officer, tells Amy Marks-Cores and Chris Ranji on KMO that no, City has not sent any cease and desist letters to fan podcasts in Kansas City. Dr. Jody Sowell of the History Museum says if you don't have tickets, or maybe if you do, you might want to stop by Forest Park as well. You know, when they're here, so in addition to the billboards, when they're here, we would love them to drop by the Missouri History Museum because there's a whole exhibit uh, in partnership with City SC about St. Louis's long soccer history. You'll see those jerseys from all your favorite teams. You'll learn about 1875 and the start of soccer in St. Louis. And you will even see the first ball scored First goal ball from City SC in that Austin game. But let's rewind back to the 50s and the World Cup. Six players, total five of the starters, uh, came from St. Louis, the Hill, uh, most of them from one team. So these were guys who knew each other, uh, had that bond, were familiar with each other on the field, but there was no way that they were going to beat England. England was called the kings of football, not, not by themselves, but by other teams around the world. They were going to dominate and then, yes, uh, lose the World Cup 1-0 to zero to the American squad, which is really a largely St. Louis squad. Um, but when the reports went back to uh, London and New York newspapers, 
people assumed that that was a misprint or some sort of hoax. <laughs> There's no way the U.S. team would win 1-0. And it's cool that, you know, that nod to the past and the 1950 team always comes up. But it, it is, it, that was not a flash in the pan. It, right. it is throughout the women's and men's national team, over 78 players have come from St. Louis, which is over 10%. So this is, we're not slowing down. We're not resting on our laurels of 1950. It is really projected in the future. So it's really quite cool to, to see, you know, what this team can be a part of now. And you can be a part of all the excitement tonight. There's a party in the plaza outside City Park. Gin Blossoms are playing. There may not be tickets available still for that, but tomorrow night, 8.30, kickoff against Sporting KC, and the party begins at 5 o'clock. City really focusing on boosting St. Louis pride. The, the entire project is is pride building and inducing and it is a team of people and partners um, that are just unapologetically proud of, of St. Louis and you feel that down there which is really fun. So I, these aren't soccer victories, these are St. Louis victories <laughs> yes. and uh, it's really been great to see how this has brought the community together. Enjoy the match or whatever else is planned for you this weekend. Stay up to date by subscribing to STL All Local.